Welcome to another Christian Center podcast. For more information, you can visit our website or you can visit our Facebook page. We really hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you'll be inspired by it. Thank you for listening. We have now come to our message for today. This Sunday, as well as next Sunday, I believe the last Sunday of May, uh, we will be focusing on the Holy Spirit. Reason being um, that next Sunday is the day that the church over the whole world is celebrating the day of Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So uh, for today, we're going to talk about the promise of the Spirit, the promise of the Spirit. And we read from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, and I'm reading from the New International Version. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he has chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I pray that the Lord will bless this scripture uh, and this message in our hearts. Now Luke is writing to someone whose identity is unknown to us. Uh, a person called Theophilus. Now there is a theory that Theophilus might have been the advocate that would defend Paul in his upcoming trial in Rome. But we don't know for sure. Luke uh, mentions uh, in this first uh, verse, uh, he mentions a first book he wrote and he reminds Theophilus what the content of this first book was. It was about everything Jesus began to do and teach and ends with Jesus being taken up to heaven. Now, of course, we have this first book in our Bibles. We know it as 
the Gospel of Luke. And if you read the Gospel of Luke, right at the beginning, Luke starts by addressing this very same Theophilus. And this first book is indeed a summary of Jesus' life and words from the beginning right to the moment he was taken up into heaven. Now notice the emphasis. It is about everything that Jesus did and taught. People, Jesus' life was not just about teaching and talking. It was also about doing what he did. And hear carefully, both Jesus' words and his deeds, his actions, contained the power and authority of the kingdom of God. Jesus' whole life was a revelation of power and authority in word and in deed. Mark chapter 1 verse 22, the NIV says, The people were amazed at His teaching because He, Jesus, taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Now, where did this power and authority in Jesus' words and deeds come from? Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us very clearly. We read there in the NIV, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Spirit and power and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him do you notice that that last sentence because God God the father was with Jesus how was God with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's very important. The Father, God the Father, anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. God the Father was with Jesus through the Spirit. In the same way, Jesus, just before He ascended to heaven, promised his disciples and he said to them and surely i jesus am with you always to the very end of the age if god the father was with jesus through the holy spirit how will jesus be with us through the same Holy Spirit. Have you noticed? Right to the very end of Jesus' life on earth, He is talking and instructing His disciples through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 2 we read, 
until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through who? Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus' whole ministry from beginning to end in word and in deed was characterized by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is very important. This is a, a key phrase in this message. God's kingdom is brought to bear on this world through the activity of the Holy Spirit. I say it again. God's kingdom is brought to bear on this world through the activity of the Holy Spirit. And this is exactly the topic of Jesus' discussion with his disciples during his last 40 days on earth. In Acts chapter 1 verse 3 we read, He spoke to them about what? The kingdom of God. And together with us, together with speaking, speaking to them about the kingdom of God, He commands them. Listen, this is not a teacher now instructing them. This is now a king commanding them. They cannot leave Jerusalem until they have received the promise of the Father. It's a command. A command. But while Jesus speaks to them about the kingdom of God. They want to know about the kingdom of Israel. For centuries, Israel and Judah were kingdoms. The golden era of these kingdoms was when they were united as one kingdom under the reigns of King David and King Solomon. But all of this came to a disastrous end. First when the Assyrians and then the Babylonians came and they destroyed these kingdoms. And now the disciples wants to know from Jesus, when will God restore the kingdom of Israel? When will they be restored? When will they be one nation under God to be the superpower of the world. Isn't it amazing that even after Jesus' resurrection, His disciples are still thinking in narrow nationalistic terms. They still cannot see the whole world. They still do not understand that it is not about narrow Israeli nationalism. It is about the kingdom of God. And in Acts chapter 2, which we will cover next week, in Acts chapter 2, we shall see the Holy Spirit speaks all the languages of the world. God's kingdom will include mankind in its entirety, God's kingdom breaks 
through all political nationalistic boundaries. I remind every believer listening to this message. For God, it is not about an old or a new South Africa. For God, it is about a new heaven and earth. And the spirit of the creator who will bring about this new world is already at work in this current old world. Listen carefully. The road to a new united mankind does not go through the new world order. It goes through the cross and the spirit that makes everything new. Now what is this promise of the Father that the disciples had to wait for? The promise of the Father. It refers to a promise God made in Joel, in the Old Testament, in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 to 32. The promise was that God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. The time for the fulfillment of this age-old promise has now finally come. Therefore, Jesus commands His disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, the original context of this promise was about 800 years before Christ, when the landscape of Israel was scorched by a severe drought and devastated by a massive plague of locusts, which even stripped the bark from the trees. And then, finally, when the land was brought to its knees, and the whole nation repented of their sin and cried out to God. God promised to send them rain. The early and the latter rain for planting and for harvest. Rain will once again be poured out. Rain will once again fall on their land. And their land will be refreshed and restored. But then, on the back of this promise, God promised them another type of rain. The rain of His Holy Spirit that will be poured out upon people, over people, from every nation of the world. My dear friends, the South African landscape has been destroyed by sin, by corruption. The fast decline of our country is clearly visible for the whole world to see. The plowshares of hatred, distrust, and pain 
have cut, have cut old and deep grooves in the hearts of the people of this nation. And there are no real political, ideological, philosophical or economical answers to the deep anguish, suspicion and prejudice that scarred each one of us. Yes, each one of us. Only if God, by His grace, pours out showers of the rain of His Spirit over the length and the breadth of this land, can these wounds be healed. Can the people of this beautiful country find different paths for their thinking? And can we sing, it is well with the soul of our nation? Politics do not, by any means, hold the promise of a rainbow. Only the showers of God's Spirit hold the true promise of a beautiful rainbow over this land. Jesus' command to his disciples, his command comes in duplicate. First, they may not leave Jerusalem. Second, they must wait. They must wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Why is this so important? Firstly, because the Holy Spirit will equip them with power to be witnesses for Jesus. Secondly, it is through the Spirit that Jesus himself will be with them and with us to the very end of the age. Jesus acted and spoke in the power of the Holy Spirit. His followers, His church, we must also act and speak in the power of the same Spirit. Paul the Apostle writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4, he says, My message, my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. True Christian preaching, my friend, is not motivational speaking. It supersedes all genres of human speech. It is an event of the Spirit and it comes in the power of God's kingdom. Hear me out. The raw spirituality of a Christian is nothing less than the power of the Spirit that works within us. Paul writes in Colossians 1 verse 29, he says, I work hard and struggle for this goal. With what? With His energy which works in me powerfully. 
This is how the kingdom of God comes in this world. To chase after rhythms of life, spiritual disciplines, meditational techniques, and prayers that are used like mantras are nothing more than a post-spirit-filled church's monastic attempts to cultivate Christian spirituality. And I'm not saying it is wrong. Yes, it is helpful. But I am saying it is exactly what the post-spirit-filled church of history did to escape the growing worldliness in the church. This gave rise to monasticism with all its various rules and spiritual disciplines. Everything to replace the power of the, of the Spirit. We are seeing the same thing happening today among some intellectual elitist Christians. The problem is you need a doctoral degree or two. To be able to read deep enough between the lines to find traces of this in the New Testament. What you do find in plain sight is a life filled with the Holy Spirit. The true, raw, primitive Christian spirituality which leaps from every page of the New Testament is founded on the command of the Lord of the church. Do not leave. Wait until you have received the Holy Spirit. Wait until. Wait until. Wait until we have become too rushed for the Holy Spirit. Our instant culture turned us into people who cannot wait. And yet, this is exactly what we should do. Some of us live too much in our heads, in the cortex part of our brains, while it should be our hearts that are transfixed with faith. And expectancy on the promise of the, of the Father. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. flesh. Yes, also on you, my dear friend. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Even mine. Even yours. Next week. By God's grace, even while we do it via social media, I am going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to prepare your heart. Next Sunday, God willing, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to, by faith, by faith, prepare your heart. Look unto Jesus, because it's only Him who can fill you with His Holy Spirit. And you shall 
receive it. Even if you have to fast during this coming week, do it. Do it. Wait upon the Lord and expect that God will pour His Spirit out over you. After all, it is a promise. And the God that we serve is a promise keeper. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. It's the true driving force, even in my life. Without your Spirit, I do not know where I would have been. Your Spirit that gives me strength. Your Spirit that reveals Jesus. Your Spirit that guides me in all truth. Your Spirit that makes heaven real in my life. I thank you. I pray for all my brothers and sisters and friends that listen to this message. I pray for an increase of your Spirit, even in my own life. I need more of the rain of your Spirit upon my parched, parched soul. I want to swim in the waters of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen.